Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Hello and happy, happy, happy new year. Welcome back. I hope you all had wonderful makeouts on New Year's Eve and handed out your phone numbers and planted all your seeds like little holiday elves for them to turn into beautiful flowers and Easter eggs and non-denominational things in the winter slash thing. Um, you may detect I am recovering from the flu. Maybe you won't detect, but I'm self-conscious about it. So I'm just going to tell you, yes, I got the flu. Yes, I had a flu shot. So what the F apparently wasn't as bad as it could have been. But because of that, I'm a little behind in the new year. And part of my new year's resolution is like, you know, go a little easier on myself. So instead of scrambling to get a guest this week, we're doing a few more Q&As little recap coming back from the holidays, and then we will be back fully in swing next week when all health and sanity has been restored. So we asked for a few more questions this week. So let's just kick it off and go right to it. I have a question in my Instagram account. Oh, by the way, send us your questions, not your therapist podcast on Instagram and not your therapist podcast at gmail.com. And I will answer them not always right away, but I promise eventually. So my general feeling with that too, and I say this to my clients is I tell them it's not, you are welcome to send me questions like this person texted me this, what should I say? But at least when it comes to my coaching and what I would hope for you is that you kind of learn to handle this on your own and then we can talk about it after what happens. So I tell my clients, you know, if you have a question like that, it's fine to ask me, but I bet you know what I would say at this point or you know what the right answer is if you just turn it on yourself. And I'm not really going to help you by holding your hand and walking you through the situation. I'm going to help you by teaching you the attitude and the habits that will help you answer those questions yourself. So it's kind of like when you go to therapy even though I'm not your therapist, your ultimate goal is to not need therapy anymore, but to kind of hear the therapist voice in your head in certain situations that would normally throw you into crisis. So while I'm happy to answer the one-off, you know, what should I say? And I love talking about the bigger questions. I encourage you when you have those questions that feel really rushed and time sensitive, go ahead and ask me, but then see if you can answer yourself. And also like 99% of the time, if it's about a person you like, it's not going to mess it up if they really like you. So you're not going to mess things up with one text message or one response or one moment unless you do something really insane and crazy and say something awful, which I would always discourage. Uh, But chances are, if you two like each other, you're going to do okay. So you can trust yourself a little bit. And I think a lot of dating is trusting yourself and knowing that If the person likes you, they're going to like you no matter what. So you're not going to mess it up with a one-time thing. Okay. So the first question we have is, when do you know it's time to start dating again after a painful breakup? Do you need to be over your ex? This obviously varies. I remember reading once in Cosmo as a young child uh, that it takes half the amount of time you were with someone to get over them. So if you were with someone for a year, six months six months, three months, etc. I don't know if that's true across the board. It feels like a reasonable estimate, but I don't think there's any, now you are over this person and you are allowed to move on. Only you can answer if you are over someone or not. If you still think about them and get all choked up and start crying, 
probably not over them. Does that mean that you can't go date other people? No. A lot of times I'm one of those old-fashioned girls that says sometimes the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. And while it may feel weird at first, you might go on a date and like be like, this isn't John. I really miss John. This person doesn't make me laugh like John. Like, that's okay. You're not going to like every person you go out with. And also, yes, at first you're going to compare to your ex if you're still sad about it. You do want to notice if that's what you're doing and make sure that it's not sabotaging things for you. But for instance, I used to break up with people and then like go sleep with someone else. And like sometimes I would cry the first time. And I know that sounds horrible, but it was just like weird. And it was real closure that maybe I couldn't have gotten if I didn't go do that. That was telling me and my body, we have moved on. We are on to someone new. No, this person is not my ex that I miss, but I'm going to be okay. And that cry, that sadness, that anger, whatever it is, can also be a really important release that can allow you to move on. And sometimes you can't get there if you're too patient with yourself. I'm a big fan of, yes, be patient with yourself. Yes, go easy on yourself. But also, sometimes we have to leap before we're ready. We have to jump and we just have to go. And if it's horrible, 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 we don't have to do it again. If you go on a date and you can't stop crying and all you can talk about is John, your ex, or Jenny, your ex, or whoever, your ex, okay, maybe you need a moment. Maybe you need therapy. Maybe you need to like go get sweaty at the gym or like read a good book. My mom always recommended that as a good way to cope when you're feeling depressed. Uh, And it works. Good books. Um, But you know what I mean? Like you don't need to torture yourself, but you also don't need to sit at home and wallow. I don't think you can get over someone just sitting at home and waiting to feel like you're over them. That's not going to happen. The way you're going to get over them is by moving forward in your life. And even if the first few people you go out with, you're still comparing and you're missing, that's fine. Eventually, you won't. Eventually, you'll like someone enough that just for a few moments, you'll stop thinking of your ex. So, I think, you know, if it was so, so recent and raw that you're still choking up, you still have that immediate raw pain when you think about them. Give yourself a little time, hang out with close friends, go have some random makeouts, but maybe you're not ready to like go on dates and really start thinking of someone for a relationship. I'm also a big fan of taking a break between relationships, not just jumping from one to the next. I like jumping to makeouts from one to the next. But in terms of an actual relationship, you need that time to kind of process and decompress and think about what you learned and what you want to change in yourself moving forward. If you need to go to therapy, if you need more time to focus on your career, whatever it is, take that time for yourself. But start going on dates and opening yourself up to people a little before you think you're ready. And then listen to your body. And if you're freaking out, Give yourself a day off. If it felt weird, but okay, keep going. See what happens. You might be surprised. Sometimes we meet people when we're least expecting it. And I would just hate for you to close yourself off to the world because you've decided you have to wait a certain amount of time. There is no set amount of time. So just listen to yourself and then push yourself a little bit. Next question. Let's go to my email. Okay. This person says they are away on their holiday break. And a couple of days after they got there, they got on the apps. Matched with a guy I had matched with last year when I was here, although I'd already returned to LA. We messaged briefly. I got off the app ASAP, taking your advice, suggested going for a drink. There was flirty and fun texting over the course of a couple of weeks. He was away with work, but still contacting me, seeming very bent on meeting and so we set a date and he continued to message every day we met 
What is it? Instant Spark and Attraction. Mm, warning, warning. Okay, sorry. That's just my personal feeling about Instant Spark and Attraction, but sure, sometimes it can work. The day was great. He was thoughtful and chivalrous and kind. We had a brief kiss at the train stop before I went home. He texted minutes later, more flirting, when can we meet again? And then it started to shift. Hmm. After quite a bit of back and forth texting, we set up a plan to meet for day two. Date two. An hour before, he sends, I'm so sorry, can we reschedule? My mother has been quite ill and has asked me to help her and take her to an appointment in the morning. I said I was sorry to hear that and for sure to rescheduling. Then no suggestion from him to do another time. Just to follow up, I'm so sorry. I responded, it's okay. Trying the whole time to take things on face value, but feeling pretty bummed and feeling like he would disappear now. But he didn't. It's been days of how are you, how was your New Year's, and me feeling very confused. Then I said, what's happening? Did you still want to meet up? Yes, he says. Great, I can do tonight, and I offer another date. He says he can do the other date, and he has plans tonight, but they may fall through. So I say, either works. Let me know later where you're at. Is this where I'm selling myself short? He says, for sure, but never updates me. The next day, a text, I'm so sorry, I suck. I've left it a couple days and just wrote back, ah, yeah, kind of, what does that even mean? Did you still want to meet tomorrow? I was looking forward to seeing you. I feel like his behavior has shown me he's not that interested, but I didn't want to just leave it hanging on his last text of sorry and I suck. I mean, that feels totally lame, but I'm here feeling like I had a spark with someone and they seemed into me and then everything just got weird and I'm now waiting a response while knowing I'm going to leave next week and just feeling super emotional and bummed that again, I've had this crossed communication, hot, cold tango that's left me feeling like poop. Please give me some guidance. Thanks so much for your time. Okay, sorry. That was very long and I read it very poorly. I think the gist is went on one day with a guy, had a great spark. Guy is clearly showing flaky behavior for whatever reason. I really think after one date, almost it can't even be you, especially if you had such a great time. It's, it, you can't take it too personally. I know that's hard to hear and hard to really understand beyond the intellectual. But at this point, as much as I say don't get attached over text, you also kind of can't get attached after one date. Like this is why I say warning, warning with the spark and flirtation. If you have that with someone, it's not guaranteed that it can't work out, but so often it just means that they're kind of like that with everyone. They're good with the first impression. They're social. They're charming. They're not necessarily going to be good with the follow through. I would so much rather people date someone who's a little shy and awkward at first because they're not great at dating, but then they warm up to you specifically and they are great with you than someone who is immediately great off the bat, but probably it has nothing to do with you. So I hear that this sucks and feels like it's about you. It's not you. It's this person, whatever issues he has in his life right now have nothing to do with you. You don't live there. So it could even be a little bit of him going, she doesn't live here. Why would I willingly, you know, jump into this to get myself hurt? Sounds like he's a little bit afraid of emotionality, vulnerability, doesn't want to open himself up to hurt, whatever it is. This isn't it. It's not confusing when it's the right person. If you go on one date, I don't care how wonderful it is. I had first dates that would last 14 hours, be like the best day of my life, full of adventures, and then never hear from the person again, because that's 
really fun and that's a great part of dating, but that's just probably not the personality type of someone you're going to be a long lasting partner with. That's a person who loves having those quick encounters and can't really commit to much more. And that's not to say you can't have amazing, passionate encounters with someone you're going to be with, but generally that kind of intimacy takes time to build. And if they're having it right away and then disappearing, they're showing you something very clearly early on and it's not really worth getting all caught up about. So you don't live there. Chalk this up to a great first date as possible. I had fun. I'm glad I had a good time. What did I like about that person? How can I look for that in someone else? But I would encourage you not to be chasing that spark feeling because as you see here, that spark feeling is not an indicator for a long-term connection. If I were you, I would let it go right now. If you wanted to in a few weeks, even though you're not going to be in the same place anymore, you could text him and say, hey, I just want you to know I had a really great time with you. I'm bummed it didn't work out. If I'm ever back in town, I'll let you know and maybe we can try again or nothing. And then next time you're back in town, reach out and say, hey, I had a great time with you. It seemed like you weren't really in a place to date at that time. But if anything has changed, let me know. I'd love to see you and then leave it in their hands. But for you, move on. Don't get caught up on this one great first date. All this means is you can have other good first dates and you should go out and find them. And also, if they're not that good, you should still stick with them. If they're nice and they're normal and you enjoy it enough, even if it's not this amazing, passionate spark, take that to mean, oh, maybe this is actually something more consistent that I'm actually looking for and let it grow into something exciting and spark and passionate rather than chasing that for the first date and then being disappointed. So don't take it too personally. This person's obviously not in the place for a relationship. It's not on you. And you can always reach out again in the future if you're there and you feel so inclined and haven't met someone else wonderful yet. Okay. This is going to be a challenging question. I've read this before and I was going to put it on here and then I was like, I don't know how to answer this, so I'll just leave it off. But I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a crack now and maybe we'll revisit it again later. But I feel like new year, new me, new challenges. Let's go for it. Okay. I feel like I have a recurring problem in relationships. I start off meeting someone who puts me on a pedestal and we enjoy that honeymoon period for a few months. Then I start to self-sabotage. I get so deeply into my head when things start to just become normalized, continually comparing it to that romantic time and looking for any little cracks that could be perceived as red flags. Mostly, I start to think they don't like me anymore. When I'm not getting that same level of adoration, I get worried. I try to meditate and focus on my own work and friendships, but the moment I've got a little free time, I start to go into that dark hole and force the demise of the relationship early. It has happened time and time again. I think this might be a low self-esteem thing, but I don't feel I have low self-esteem in any other area of my life. Please help me, guru. I don't want to mess up another relationship. Here, here. I feel like I can really relate to this, actually. I think... I used to do a similar thing of being in relationships. And at the beginning, I had no needs, no wants. I was so fun. I was a fun firecracker. I was all over the place. I was exciting. And then as time wore on and I became a more normal person with needs and wants, and maybe I would nag here and there or just just be a normal person here and there, I would feel like the person was falling out of love with me. It wasn't as exciting. It wasn't as romantic. I would panic that we're falling into like, normal, you know, domestic life, sitting on the couch, and I would just freak out. So I hear you. And I also want to respond to what you said, that you feel like you're confident in every area of your life except this one. That's fairly common. I think especially, you know, I talk to a lot of people who are at super great places in their career, and they just haven't paid the same amount of attention 
to their love lives because for some reason we think that our love life is where things should just be easy and fall into our lap like a romantic comedy. But in our work, we're like very aware that we have to work really hard and go on a bunch of interviews and work really hard and, you know, not take no for an answer and push ourselves. And when it comes to our love life, we're like, well, if it's not easy, I don't want it. If I can't have it sitting at home, then I don't want it. And we also, because of that, we lack confidence because we're like, well, it's not happening for me. So there must be something wrong with me. Whereas often with our careers, we're like, well, I got to make it happen. And, and we don't really let ourselves get down about it in the same way as we do with our love life. So first of all, to normalize that, I think a lot of people too have different areas of their life that they're strong in. I've always been like pretty good at dating. I love it. I'm interested in it. I'm not as great with my career or I'm not, you know, good at decorating my house or whatever it is. Like people have different strengths. So it's okay if you feel like I'm a strong, confident person why do I struggle to be that in this one area? We're not all naturally good at these things. And love life takes work. It takes working on yourself. It takes acknowledging that there is work to do. It takes building new habits. It takes going on dates. It doesn't just happen overnight like a romantic comedy. So that is that. As far as I think what stood out to me most about this is I start off meeting someone who puts me on a pedestal and we enjoy that honeymoon period for a few months and then I start to self-sabotage. So I have a feeling that actually has something to do with your career confidence. They probably meet you when you're like this badass career person and you're feeling really good and strong and that's how they get to know you is like, oh, this person, she is so great at her career and she's so confident, she's so strong. And so you kind of play up to that persona because it's the person you're comfortable being for a while. And that's not to say it's not real, it's very real. But you obviously can't keep that very strong, indestructible persona in a relationship because the whole point of a relationship is being vulnerable with someone and being imperfect and being flawed and letting someone else see your humanity and hold it and say, I love this. And then you do the same for them. If it was just two people being like, I'm fine, I'm great, I'm great, how are you? I'm great, I'm good at my job, I'm great, how are you? That would not, that's not a relationship. That's just like two football players bumping into each other. I don't know, but that's not, a relationship is about softening and letting someone see your soft parts and being there for each other and loving each other through the soft parts and the strong parts and all of that. So I feel like, in the beginning, you're probably doing something similar to what I used to do, which was thinking that if I was human, if I had needs, if I had wants, if I had weaknesses, uh, this person wouldn't want me anymore because they met me as a strong, confident person, good at my career, whatever it was at the time. And if they see this flawed part of me, they're not going to want me anymore. And chances are that's not true. Chances are they're going to want you more and love you more if you let them in and let them feel needed in your life. And that's not to say you have to be like a needy person, but it's okay to say, hey, can you do this for me? Or, hey, I'm struggling with this. Or, hey, it makes me feel insecure when. Or, I need this from you. Or, I'm having a hard day. I'm sad. I could use a hug. Would you mind sitting on the couch with me? Like, you're not going to be a Debbie Downer. You're not going to be miserable. Nothing bad is going to happen. They're just going to get to feel needed. And that's such a huge part of being in a relationship for both people is to feel needed by the other person and to feel like there's a place for them in the other person's life and that the two people can fit together. It's not just, like I said, two people alongside each other insisting that they're perfect and fine. It's finding how you fit into each other's lives. And a lot of that is figuring out 
what the other person needs from you. So it doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be major, doesn't have to mean that you're like a hot mess, which would be fine if you were. But I think it's earlier on than you're probably doing, challenging yourself to be human, to admit when you're tired, cranky, hungry, sad, needy, want to hug, want to cuddle, don't feel great about your career that day, or had a tough day, or are mad at your mom, or whatever it is, and letting the other person in, and kind of letting your imperfection show early on. Because I think what happens when you don't do that is then those are inevitably going to come out because we can only be perfect people for so long. And then it's all in your head that you're going, I don't think he likes me as much anymore because you're finally showing those more vulnerable parts of yourself and you're feeling vulnerable. So you're going to then try and protect yourself by saying, well, I don't think he likes me anymore. So maybe I don't like him anymore. And then you start looking for the red flags to discard him before he can discard you. So I think it's about trusting that he is going to feel strongly for you more so because you're letting yourself be human and letting your soft spot show and not protecting yourself and trying to be the superhero. He already knows you're a superhero. That's how he met you. And now you have to let him see the softer side. He knows it's there. He met you as a superhero, but he was excited and wanted to get to know the human part of you. So I think you just have to trust that and just challenge yourself, you know, after the first month of dating someone, even less, to just start to say what you're really thinking and feeling and what you need from that person. And I think once you can start to do that and see they're not going anywhere, you'll feel more and more confident. And that's just going to make you love him more. Because once you feel accepted and like you don't have to protect yourself by looking for things wrong with him, you will love him more for continuing to be there for you. And then you can love each other for your flaws and your soft spots. And it's just going to build a stronger and stronger love. Final thought on that is don't assume that that's because what you've done before that you're going to do it again. Give yourself the chance to change and be different and grow and mature and trust that just because that was a pattern before, you don't have to repeat your own patterns just because you've told yourself, oh, this is what I always do. You have the power to change that. So I hope that was helpful. I might come back to this question. You all are wonderful. We will have a real episode for you next week with people, other people and coaching. And it's going to be great. Please send me, continue to send me your questions on your therapist podcast on Instagram, not your therapist podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Josiah Thorngate, my editor, Melissa Gruen, my social media producer, Christine Bartolucci. I will be doing this show live video streaming starting January 15th on a platform called Get Vocal, G-E-T-V-O-K-L. So check that out. Make yourself an account. Not Your Therapist is going to be the name of the channel, and you'll be able to come in and be coached by me over video. It's going to be super fun. And I think that's everything. Happy, happy new year. If you didn't make out on New Year's, go make out now. Also, last night, which was, I believe, Sunday, January 5th, was the busiest swiping night of the year. It's the Sunday night after New Year's and all that. So I think that's going to continue for a few weeks. So get on those apps. People are out there. They're ready. They just had their holidays with their family and they want a significant other to brave their families with next year. So get out there. Get dating. Thank you all for listening, rating, reviewing, and making dating fun. 